and welcome to the inaugural episode of Metal Recall. My name is Niall Hope and I'm sitting here with my good friend Aaron Koskela. How you doing mate? Hey what's going on? <laughs> so on this show um, we want to review and recall if you like some of the the best metal albums that we've heard in our lifetimes. Now these might not necessarily be featured on any top 10 metal albums of all time but we've chosen them because they they meant something to us when they were released. Is that fair to say? Yeah, amen. Great. So before we get going, I just want to do a big shout out to our good friend Stevie Nuts, aka the Quartler Pounder, (laughs) (laughs) for for lending us his recording equipment. And I say lending with inverted commas because I've kind of been holding it hostage for the best part of a year now. But you'll get it back. Oh, shit. Really? You'll get it back at some day. Oh, it's a shame people can't see how you've got it displayed, stuck in, uh, stuck inside some toilet paper. <laughs> you, you, you reveal, you're going behind the curtain right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, don't tell the listeners. All right. Um, so, yeah, um, basically, we're going to take it in turns, bringing an album to the table and kind of educating each other on that album and its significance to us. And the... This week, the first episode, it's my turn, and I'm coming in hot with what I consider to be a classic in In Flames' 2004 release soundtrack to Your Escape. But before we get into all that good stuff, I'd like to know, Aaron, yeah, what got you hooked on metal in the first place? Uh, great question. Um, I had to think about it for a minute, but then, <clears throat> boom, it popped in my head. It was... Um Definitely in the uh, early 80s, it had to be, hands down, a mixtape that my uncle made me. Uh, He was a drummer himself, a Texas boy, and uh, loved the Van Halen, um, seeing that they're from Texas. And he he basically made me a mixtape full of Van Halen, and the rest is history once I got, you know, hooked on that. Uh, the heavy sounds and uh, yeah just took took it from there and like most metalheads I'm gonna say it it just progressed to what's next what's heavier what's what's yeah. gonna fuck with my eardrums and uh, you know that's yeah. funny you're, you're always tracing that next that next heavy it just gets progressively heavier like you said but what would you say I know you know neither of us are genre guys but what's your what's your favorite genre or maybe what's your favorite band if you had to pick oh one? lord that's a a loaded question that's almost impossible to answer. Um, okay, well, I don't know. what do you listen to now? What's what's what's, what's um, top of the playlist? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I I I go between new things and old things. You know, classic albums like Pantera, Lamb of God, even the um, you know In Flames every now and then. But um, I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to uh, just to. Uh, clarify. It's not necessarily looking for the next heavy thing, but it's looking for the next thing that's heavy, but also doing something different. Right. If that makes sense. I was convinced you were going to say Gojira. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. And I, I heard they're making another album soon, so I can't fucking wait. Interesting. Yeah. Um, for me, you're going to laugh at this, but uh, I think my earliest memory of metal is listening to a copy of Limp Biscuit's Faith cover. Oh my god, the, the you have you have you have told me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In in music class at school and um you know that was it. I was like, 
Yeah. That song? New metal is for me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm in. Wow. Yeah, but hold on. It gets better. Because yeah. I went to, um, went to Florida that year with the family. And there was, a, there was a big thunderstorm, so we had to stay indoors for the day. And um, I ended up watching back-to-back episodes of VH1 Behind the Music. Okay, nice. Remember that show? Yep, yep. Um, and it kind of culminated in the Metallica episode. Sure, So nice. the next day, um, I'm going to... I think we went to Walmart. I bought Master of Puppets. Nice. And, um, you know, you know sounds, sounds cheesy. I'm just like one of those average metal guys, but that did kind of change everything for me. And then from that moment, I was searching out their back catalog. I made it through all of it. And That's the way yeah, in. That's the way in. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's me today. I'm a thrash guy. Yeah. Metallica's probably my favorite band. Yeah, it's going to hit you like a, like a tidal wave. Absolutely. But... Um, just like you, kind of progressed from there. Yeah, looking for for new things, um, and along the way, kind of discovered In Flames. Nice. So as we get into that, um, I don't know how much you're familiar with the band, um, but I can give you a little brief, yeah, little brief introduction. If take you don't me to know. school. I'm not going to take you to school, but I'll give you just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit that I've gleaned. Because confess that I'm not a massive In Flames guy. You know, anyone listening to this thinking that they're going to get a full education, you're not. Yeah. Um, but um, In Flames are classified as Swedish melodic death metal. Um, they formed in 1990, but didn't release their first major album until 94 with uh, Lunar Strain. Um, but since then, they've released 13 studio albums, um, which uh, Soundtrack to Your Escape is the seventh one of that. Um, so, your first interaction, I guess, within Flames, can you remember what it was? Can you remember what you thought at the time when you, you got into the band? Yeah, I think it was just, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was the same for a lot of people, but <clears throat> for, for me it was um, just word of mouth. Um, just hearing that, uh, that the Swedish death metal scene was, you know, they were one of many bands from that genre that mm-hmm. was blowing up. And I think someone just exposed me to one of the songs. And to be honest, uh, it just was the first time I'd heard something that was both heavy, you know, heavy, melodic, but had um, something I, th- I think they pride themselves on is, is just this dynamic range yeah. uh, within their sound. So, you know, clean vocals, nasty screaming, choking on glass vocals, uh, sometimes emo, sad vocals, yeah. Um, and yeah, they just they cover a wide range within uh, just within their sound. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on something there that I think is you know one of my favorite aspects of the band is the the balance between melodic and and really heavy, and even being melodic whilst being heavy, which I don't yeah. think a lot of bands can kind of do particularly yeah. well. Um, and like you said, they do have this dynamic range. They can do just about everything. Yeah. And, you know, before, you know, jumping ahead a little bit to get into the album, but I think this album really showcases that ability. Um, so my, my, first, my first interaction with them was actually, I can recall getting a free CD with an episode of Kerrang. What's a they? CD? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what's Kerrang as well? It's uh, Kerrang yeah. is a UK publication, um, print format. Used to, I'm still going, I think. Yeah. Um, 
and they occasionally would obviously put these compilations together, new bands, and I remember there was an In Flames track on one of them, and it was called Pinball Map, which is from, I can't remember the album, it's, it's before, I know that song. before yeah. I kind of got it's into it. It's a good them. one. Um, you know, at the time, I didn't really like it, you know? Oh, really? Certainly earlier In Flames has a real European vibe. I don't know, that's hard to describe, but it's... Their lyrics give it away. Sometimes there's something lost in translation. So a little bit of that is, is like listening to <laughs> earlier Sepultura, but um, yeah, yeah. they have, the, I, I can't put my finger on it, whether it's a synth, which at first I was uncomfortable with. Um, I mean, I've come to love that song, but at the time it didn't take me. It wasn't until they released Reroute to Remain mm-hmm. in 2002 or three. Um, I bought the CD and at first, you know, a little bit, on the on the fence about it like i said the synth elements was not something i was particularly used to but man the riffs were just fucking killer yeah um since synth is a hard one a hard line to walk without without coming off as uh cheesy and cheesy german sounding (laughs) or you just like you said euro just euro trash well yeah i mean like kind of along the the ramstein kind of vibes eh and um I mean, I, I grew to love it. And, you know, on this album that we're going to review, I think they get the balance yeah. really right for me. Synth, um, can, synth can act as the antithesis too heavy. Certainly can. <laughs> certainly can. But if you can, if you can blend the two yeah. and use sporadically, uh-huh. I think that's, yeah, yeah. that's that's the key. You know, it's got to be sporadic usage. No, I agree. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was kind of my introduction to In Flames. And... Obviously, upon buying Reroute to Remain, then when they released Soundtrack in 2004, um, I was definitely going to get into that. Before we kind of dive into that, shall we set the, the scene a little bit, give it a little context, a few things that were going on in 2004 in the metal community, and any you know notable releases that we want to touch on? Sure. Um, got our Wikipedia open here. <laughs> Yep, doing our research on yep. the fly. As Going we go. back in time. No, uh, I mean, where do, where do we start? We've got Behemoth, Limb of God. Yeah. Uh, the the big one we've already talked about was um, Dimebag's new project, Damage Plan. Um, That's right. Came out that year, which um, is tragic in a sense because later on this year he was to be shot and killed on stage, which is probably the biggest the biggest metal moment from 2004. And actually, you know, just a, another sort of anecdote aside, um, I was lucky enough to see In Flames. Must have been early 2005, I assume, because Dimebag was shot in December. Um, and, you know, it's the first time, first and only time I've seen In Flames. Great gig, Hammersmith Apollo in London, um, playing a lot of the songs of soundtrack, which I've since bought and, and really loved. But... They did a tribute to Dimebag that night and did fucking Hostile. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you can imagine that, you know, the emotion in yeah. the place, yeah. the performance. It was fucking epic, man. Um, but, you know, just jumping back to what's going on in 2004. I bet they nailed that song. They really did. They yeah. really did. To be honest, you know, that's that's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. You're going to do probably one of Pantera's most fierce tracks. Yeah and um, in tribute and yeah they, they really nailed it they pulled it off in my awesome. opinion so that was kind of the dime bag news but any other you know going through this long list of, of albums that were released in 2004 
Anything else that stands out to you as being something that, you know, was Well, Lamb of God, Ashes of the Wake, absolutely. I mean, you talk about masterpieces. That's an absolute masterpiece. Um, that one that one definitely came out hard. Um, Fear Factory, Archetype. I don't know if there's any Fear Factory fans. Um, but yeah, definitely In Flame, Soundtrack to Your Escape. Yeah. I mean, that's a, one of the standouts to me. I'd also say um, one that really jumps off this list to me, which I'd love to do an episode about in the future, is The End of Heartache by Killswitch Engage. That album is just fucking top, man. I listened to that the other day, just just getting back into it, and that still stands up for me. And another one um, that stands out, Leviathan by Mastodon. I don't know sure. if you're a Mastodon guy, yeah, but yeah. that was good. Dillinger Escape Plan. Not as familiar with Dillinger Escape Plan, admittedly, yeah. but um, <clears throat> something my brother was into. I know, I know of them. Know a few tracks. Black Label Society. Yeah, which which one? Which Black Hangover Labels? Music Volume Five Six. I'm a big Black Label fan, but that one is not one that I'm too familiar with. Oh, okay. So just revealed something about myself. Eh. Um, something that the two albums that really sort of. Preach to me, Exodus, Tempo of the Damned. Uh huh. It's decent, and Megadeth's The System have The System has failed, and I believe that was the you know a reformation of Megadeth. I think they've been defunct for a few years. Um, that track I remember that that album. Sorry, I remember quite liking. Nice. So that's two thousand and four. Let's get into um, let's get into why we're here. Let's get into soundtrack to your escape. So you know. What we'll do is I'll give you, we'll talk a little bit about the album um, when it came out. And there's some reviews, you know, there's, there's some stuff that's been said about the album, which I really want to get your take on, given that you kind of getting into it now. Um, and then let's, you know, let's pick out some highlights. Let's sure. see, see what we think. So, as I mentioned before, the album soundtrack to your escape was In Flames' seventh studio album. It was released on March 29th 2004 on Nuclear Blast and the lineup at the time um, apologize in advance to anyone Swedish when I try and pronounce these names <laughs> this should not, be good. Not, not the best way to start but Anders Frieden on vocals that's an easier one Jesper Stromblad nice oh, okay right yeah, yeah yeah on guitar Bjorn Galott on guitar Peter Iwers I think on bass and Daniel Svensson on drums I don't believe the lineup is the same today. I think they've kind of changed yeah, as, as sure. bands do. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to get your opinion on a few things because I've gone back and you know in preparation for this episode, I've gone back and I have you know I wanted to see what people were saying about the album at the time, both you know. Um, critically and just in the fan base and I found yeah let's hear it really divisive actually I'm sure um, and you know I'm going to I'll tell you what I'm going to read out can't please everyone right well yeah <clears throat> exactly and this is I'm going to read you out a quote um, it's quite hyperbolic uh-huh. it's from a review that I found on metalreviews.com yeah yes friends it's true in flames is done <laughs> Stick a fork in them and microwave them for five minutes on high. Wow. So, bit of background. I won't go through the rest of the article, but a bit of background <laughs> to that. 
is that, you know, from my research, and again, you know, I'm not a massive Inflames guy. I'm not as in tune with the fan base, so to speak. But from my research, what I found out is that from reroute to remain uh-huh. onwards, they fell know, off. Not fell off, but they alienated a lot of hardcore fans. Okay. You know, this is something that's very... I think this is something that's a, a repeating theme in the metal community. Right. The band tries to evolve. It introduces more sort of mainstream elements. And the hardcore fans that were into the more... You know, I'm not as familiar with In Flames' back catalogue, Reroute Remain, before that. But what I take is that it's it's more maybe more standard in a death metal kind of right. atmosphere. Obviously, you start bringing in the synth, the pop aspect, <laughs> the clean vocals, and like a I lot. said, it's the antithesis. Exactly, you got to balance them. You know, that's that's up to you. You know, yeah. what what's great about metal is that you know bands go through these transitions. They they sort of evolve as time goes on, and then as a fan, you get to choose which era. Sure. Like. Yeah. And I, you know, this is just my personal opinion, and it's probably coming from the fact that as a Metallica fan, I'm always defending their their decisions to evolve their 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 music. Sure. Sure. You know, from from the the late eighty the eighties period to the nineties when they started to introduce more and more pop, mm-hmm. not all to great acclaim or to great success, but I, this is my personal opinion. I always respect a band that's looking to evolve. You know, any ambitious exactly. any ambitious artist is going to not want to do the same thing. Or any artist in general. Exactly. You know, imagine someone, you know, imagine you could um, attribute this to any other walk of life and someone said to you, Aaron, the the high end the high end booze that you're designing, I preferred it when you just did frozen food. <laughs> you know, right. it, it just doesn't right. it doesn't doesn't translate. So you know, that's my opinion. I'd like to know how you sort of feel about bands over time evolving, trying new things, some successful, some not successful. Um, <clears throat> it's a great question, but I think, I mean, A, I've got more respect for any artist that's, that's going to change it up, yeah. push the boundaries and experiment. Uh, but the bottom line is, at the end of the day, art is subjective and... All you can do is be proud of pushing the envelope and changing. You can always count on change in anything in life. But because it's subjective, it's not always going to be accepted or it's not going to be always be a winner. It's not always going to be a masterpiece. That's just part of life and that's just art and the way it unfolds. You might capture lightning in a bottle. You might produce a shit album and... You never really, you don't always know what you're gonna get, exactly. and that's just part of the fun of of life as an experiment mm-hmm. or as an artist, and that's just that's what you can do. And I mean, I think the only one speaking of con- being consistent versus experimenting, all I can think about is Slayer right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that came to mind to me because well. Slayer has not really Slayer is always gonna be Slayer. And so, that's, that's fine to some people. Right, that's right, fine right. to the vast majority of Slayer fans, I presume. Yeah. Um, for, for me, and this is just my personal... Because that goes take, against what we're talking about. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, some fans just want bands to say the same. Right. And, you know, put yourself in the artist's shoes. Like, is that... Right. 
Maybe some people do like just to keep on going with the same old stuff. There's plenty of bands that do it. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that just leads to diminishing returns each time yeah. and a stagnation. And it might say more about the 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 person's the person that's listening, the the fan himself, exactly. him or herself. I um, mean, don't get me wrong. Like my favorite period of Metallica is definitely those first four albums. Right. I love the Black album too, but everything since then. Right. Not as good, but that's just the way things work. So, um, that's kind of a little bit on... So, I guess the question is, if we go back to... Let's go back to to the band itself, uh, In Flames. What... Let's go back to more of their views. What what did... uh, Do you get any good reviews? (laughs) Well, actually, yes. Split... I have like why? Why is this the album we're talking about? Why is this the album I discovered? Why is this the album everyone unanimously, you know, most people agree is their opus? No. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't know. To okay. be honest, you know the. Um, I think probably the reason why you discovered it was it was the first time that they got any sort of broader appeal mainstream. Right. You know, it from my research the reroute to remain album was the first one where fans started to go whoa like what's going on here you're changing your sound mm-hmm. i got a quote from another article another review at the time and it's not a good one um <laughs> from you gotta break it up you gotta you gotta balance it out you need a good a bad one good one you think the, the, is, I, the only quotes the only quotes i can give you about this album being good have come from directly from me <laughs> but so you know on blabbermouth it got 7.5 on yeah. Metal Storm, it got 7.7. So there is balance. There is, yeah. you know, diversity in, in opinion. Um, but this one comes from Metal Underground. And I'd love to hear your your take on this and if you think this is representative of the album. The major problem with this album is that it downplays original guitar riffs and vocals in favor for synthetic pop elements in order to drown out the uninspiring sound. Wow. Is that fair? Um... I, don't, I think that's a little harsh. I agree. Yeah, I think it's harsh. Um, I don't know. I think I think I think the reason I like this album, I go back to the dynamic range. It, it's got a, it's kind of like a uh, a metal buffet. <laughs> it's got <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. yeah, it's got everything in it, man. It's got it's got like the the gent sound, you know. The yeah. it's got it's got you know fast punk rock drumming. It's got screaming. Choking on glass. Sometimes it sounds like he's he's like growling but singing at the same time. Um, yeah, the tunes are catchy as hell. Yeah. And like you said, they sprinkle it with a little synth, but it doesn't diminish the overall sound. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you're getting a little bit of everything in this album. I, I agree. And, um, you know, like I mentioned before, fans being able to pick and choose the, the era or the style they like this is the in flames that i like since um and you know that's just my opinion you know it doesn't have to be shared by a number of people but it's it's that balance of the heavy and the melodic and like i said before that ability to write a riff that sounds both heavy as fuck Mm -hmm. and dark and evil but there's a melody to it as well and i think that really comes through yeah that's a sweet spot I think another thing for me that, um, and you touched upon this before, is that dynamic range of different styles. I think this album showcases 
some of the elements that I would consider to be like my favorite in Flames. You know, they got the the fast fast beats, the the up tempo stuff. There's also groove to it, mm-hmm. and I like the ba- the balance with those more melodic things. And I think the synth, you know, to me that that just ampl- that amplifies some of the parts and tracks. Yeah. Um. So you know, before we dive a little bit deep, and I'd love to get your sort of highlights. We're both we're both visual guys. Mm-hmm. So let's have a little look at the front cover. Yeah. And tell me what t- tell me what you how how you how you judge this. What 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 are you thinking when you think this? Um well it's I guess if I had to break it down, uh we've also got a like you said, we're both visual visual artists, so we've got a bias. because uh, yeah. Um I think of it. I think of you know it's it's a massive speaker, right? I think so. Or it's, or is it a vinyl? That's what I'm wondering. I've always thought it was a giant speak speaker w- outside of the box. Like it doesn't have it's not in the box. I thought frame. That, I thought that too until when I was sitting down and, to plan. Yeah, it's an it's a it's kind of a cheesy photoshopped uh, duotone, <laughs> but at the same time it 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 just evokes. I know this term's abused, but it evokes wall, a wall of sound. Yeah. Which, it's not that kind of band. It's not a wall of sound kind of band, but they they do have their own big sound, so to speak. But, uh, you know, it's a bit odd for, for, for an album cover, but uh, I don't know, I guess it's the, the the light and the sound waves are, it's, I don't know, it's just very European. It, it, <laughs> it really is. And very clean, uh, sans serif uh Serif font, right? It's got some glow to it, though, mate. It's got some, got some effects. Yeah, yeah. I, Photoshop know, effects. I, I don't think I'd really ever sat down to really scrutinize this until I thought about doing this with, yeah. with you. But i got to say, I, if if I was to be really, really harsh, yeah, I feel like you could go on Shutterstock yeah. or any other stock English yeah. library and go music artwork yeah. and this would come up. Yeah. And it's also... The algorithm made it. <laughs> yeah. And it's also the most literal take on the title soundtrack to your yeah. escape. You've got a speaker or a vinyl. <laughs> yeah. You've got the overlay of what looks to be like a lake and a mountain. Right. So that's your... That's what you're yeah. escaping yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, You've got your soundtrack, you've got your escape. Where I take my vacations. You've got very classic sort of metal textures going on there. I mean, it looks the part. Yeah. But then you've also got... I don't know if you noticed this, but I had to zoom in. You've, oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, this is a very pixelated picture. What? You've got an overlay of sort of metal... Uh, sorry, of music annotation. Oh. Of all that sort of... The note-taking, the... Oh, my God. You're life. right. I didn't even notice that. And what does that say in the bottom right corner? Oh, Nile. Oh, my God. <laughs> you've got... You've you got, got it, the lower right corner. That is... You've got escape. You've, you've got ESC, which is obviously the shorthand on your uh, another another stock photo. Yeah. So escape key Shutterstock. Album art not good. Yeah. As that's you're not going to rock around with that on a t-shirt. No, no. And I think I think that's that's <laughs> the, that's the true that's the true test. Yeah, yeah. Um, the title, as well. You know, this is an interesting one. I was thinking about when. Um, when I when I bought this album, so you know, just a little bit of context for you for, for I guess why I chose 
this album for us to review is um, I already gave you the history of how I got into uh, Reroute to Remain and In Flames through that. I then went out and purchased this and it just so happened that that's what timed up with the first time I left home. Mm. So I'd gone to live in, I'd moved from where I'm from, northeast of England, I moved from Durham to Newcastle and the first few weeks when you're in a new place, you haven't got your your internet set up, your Wi-Fi. So I'm in there, all I had was my old DVD player. There you go. I had my CD collection and I had, I'd bought this album, I'd bought the special edition that had a DVD that came with it. It had oh, wow. the it had the gig that I went to in Hammersmith, which was great. That's nice. And it also had some behind the scenes stuff. So this was pretty much it was, you know, funnily enough, the soundtrack to my escape uh. from home. <laughs> and I listened to this religiously for days. So yeah. and one of the reasons why I wanted to Religiously speak, meaning too much. Too much. Yeah. Too much. Every day. Every day. To and from college. When I got back home from college, I even used to fall asleep with the DVD on the background. So Got it. Um, that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons why I like this so much is that when I listen to it, it immediately yeah. takes me back nice. to that. So that, that's why, you know, when we, we sat around over a few drinks the other night, we said, like, look, it's going to be boring if we just pick the top 10 metal albums of all time and talk about them. What right. we want to do is go, you tell me yeah. the album that you want to review and why and, and what it meant to you. So that's kind of why I brought this to the table. Um, yeah, it transports you back to a, 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 a different time and place in, your, in, your, in a certain life stage. So that's profound. Sure. Is there any other, any, any other top line thoughts on the album that, you know, things you like, things you don't like even, you know, um, I'm more familiar with it than you, so I'm really interested to hear sort of your take. Really. Yeah, um, I got a few notes. I think, I think going back to the dynamic range um, and their sound, um, that's one part of it. But then, as far as um, the subject matter, it's typical darker subject matter. Sometimes it's introspective. Um, sometimes the you know, like I said, the vocals are clean. Sometimes they're they're growling. I think there's even like robotic voices in some of these songs. I yeah, think in a uh, bit of that. the uh, superhero, the computer rage, there's like some digital effects going on there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, I think that's really my take on it. It's just they cover all the bases, both musically, sonically, lyrically. Um, even getting, you know, a little emo on it, right? Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you brought up sort of the themes because one thing that I wrote down and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm never normally the guy that sort of sits there with the lyrics out and goes right. through the tracks. I I like to listen to it. If it, it kind of feels good, like I'll kind of attach my own significance to, sure. to what the lyrics mean. Yeah. So I'm going through it with the lyrics out and I'm finding it really kind of hard to know what he's actually talking about i think the lyrics are written in quite an abstract way and maybe that is down to the translation yeah you know, if i went over them your, yesterday as well if english is your second language maybe yeah it doesn't make as much sense but i picked out a few themes and i'd be interested to know whether you kind of think they they ring true so obviously the title soundtrack to your escape 
I think there are a number of tracks throughout the album that speak to this idea of escapism. Yeah. But also, almost, you mentioned it before, this introspective take is, uh, there's a few on the album that I feel are sort of dealing with your own mental state. I think The Quiet Place, for me, is one that kind of talks about, you know, finding a finding a space in your own head to escape from everything. And there's, there's issues, I, I picked up themes of kind of moving on. Yep. Classic metal themes of death yep. and mortality. Um, and then a couple of a couple of tracks that I thought kind of spoke to you know seeing someone's true colors or like a betrayal yeah. of sorts. I thought that came through in friend or fiend. Yeah, not sure how you say it. Um, so those are the kind of themes. Do you kind of largely agree? I agree. Think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean the title itself is a little literal, but yeah. I think deep down that's. That's really what all metalheads listen to metal for—is an escape, because you know if you don't if you don't listen to metal, you, you know the metal the listening to metal is a, is a release, and that's the best way I try to explain it to people that aren't metalheads is uh, you know pe- some people exercise, some people listen to metal, some people do both, but uh, yeah. it's 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 an outlet, it's an escape, and um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, we've we've had this conversation so many times. People that aren't familiar with metal, people that don't dig it, they say, you know, why would you want to listen to a piece of music that gives me anxiety? Right. And it's almost like those emotions, those feelings aren't worth celebrating in music or expressing in music. I I don't want to sit around and listen to songs about relationships all day just because they seem like real life you know right sometimes like you say you you want to kind of get a little bit of aggression out you want to kind of have a release yep and that's what i find with metal that's what i like about it and i think you get more diverse subject matter through metal whether it's like you know you go into the slayer catalog right there's there's shit about satan yeah war yeah take it or leave it yeah or you go into in flames which particularly on this album is a little bit in, more introspective right thoughtful I, I also wonder whether the themes of this album marry up with where the band was at in 2004 now just ex- like mm. expand on that a little bit more yeah from the reviews that i read from people's um take on the album you know, it feels like a band in transition. So can you attribute a lot of that, you know, uh, sort of self-reflection? Yeah, that into, makes sense. Into the, I, I kind of think that that might, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Yeah, it's all it's, it's all connected. So, you know, if they're going to change sonically, musically, with their instruments, what, what they sound like, why wouldn't you change the way your, your lyrical content? But back to, back, you know, I mean, back to metal covering subject matter that that other genres don't necessarily tackle um that they that they do quite well on this album was you know like you said they're talking about death immortality mortality sorry uh you know escapism um being betrayed uh for me that's that's one of the biggest allures um and attractions to metal is 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 how authentic that is to me because so many people that don't want to listen to metal or don't want to acknowledge 
the the pitfalls or they're darker. To quote quote one of the songs, the sweet shadow, the shadow side of life. Uh, to me, that's not authentic, and that's why metal and this album especially covers all those bases. They do it. They do it through music, mm-hmm. and through music, uh, it's a release, and it makes you feel good, despite the subject matter. But it's it's all. I don't know if that makes any sense. Of course it does. Yeah, it's it's all valid feelings. It's all valid emotions. Right. If you want to listen to music to feel happy all the time, go ahead. You know, do it. Go listen to the Beatles. You know, um, if you want to f- if you want to experience more variety, then yeah. into metal. Yeah. Amen. So let's get a little bit more granular with this. Let's kind of go. We'll not go track by track, but I'd be interested. To hear from you, if you had to pick, you had to pick three songs off this album that were going to feature on a playlist you're putting together. Absolutely. What would they be? Uh, that's pretty easy. It would be The Quiet Place, Touch of Red, and The Quiet Place, Touch of Red, and My Sweet Shadow. Nice, nice. Before, before we dig into those a little bit deeper, for me, it would be Like You Better Dead, which just has a fucking cool name. Yeah. My Sweet Shadow, same as you, love that. And Borders and Shading, I think. If I, if I had to pick three, and, and I love this album, so you know it's, it's a difficult choice, but those would be my three. So let's kind of let's dig in a little bit. Let's go to the first one you said, The Quiet Place. What what is it about that track that like you think makes it stand out on this album? Um I don't know, I think I mean it's this is gonna sound horrible, but I think the, the three songs that I like the most are the ones that encapsulate the the dynamic range. There's um it goes from really fast, punky openings that uh are aggressive and then everything kinda shuts off and it just becomes kind of just the vocals with a little bit of guitar in the background. Um, you know, all, all three of these tracks are winners because they also have great crescendos. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta love a great crescendo that just builds and builds, and then when it explodes, it just, it's, I think at some point, it's all kinds of vocals. There's, there's the screaming, there's the harmonies in the background, yeah. and it's just an absolute eruption in sound. I mean, you touched on something there, which I think is one of the big strengths of this album, is, and it goes back to the theme, I think, the mix, the blend yeah. of heavy and brutality at times mm-hmm. with the melodic. And they do that so effectively in some of the choruses where you have you have this clean vocal mm-hmm. in the background, almost haunting, it's kind of layered yeah. in a weird way, and you've got screaming on top of that and it just creates this like sometimes almost uncomfortable feeling yeah but you're going along with it yeah well said and you know just to go into the quiet place you know I think you know the album starts super heavy and dark with friend or fiend Uh however you say it which I think almost to me kind of gives a false it's like a false dawn for what the album is because immediately after you follow up with The Quiet Place. Now, I remember The Quiet Place was the big single mm-hmm. and it's probably, you know, the, there's one ballad on the album but it's probably the most sort of blend of the, the yeah. pop meets the metal. Yep. 
there's heavy influences of synth but like you said there's that crescendo there's that dynamic range it's probably the song on the album that capsulates that Mm -hmm. in its entirety and you know i've got written down here there's like one the way that anders like on the vocals intonates how he hits these lines every Mm -hmm. now and then he hits a line that says i'm not in this to be a slave and the way he delivers it in the song is just so powerful nice um you know i will say i will say um i love that track a quiet place but that is one of the tracks where I can kind of understand where the hardcore fans would be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to touch on quickly, Like You Better Dead. That's track five on the album. And it kind of falls in a similar, like it's exactly the same place, I think, as Cloud Connected from Reroots Remain. Do you remember that track? Yes, I do. I do. And I think it's got similar vibes in terms yeah. of the riff. It's probably my favorite riff on on the album that that main riff that just kicks in and i remember yeah. i'm listening to this for the first time i'm enjoying it up to this point but the minute that song kicks off i'm like fuck here we go yep yep um and i also think it's probably got the most catchy chorus on the album the like it hits the line destiny will you cure me i just think it's so cool yeah yeah like, i think it's really funny it's a good one one thing i hadn't hadn't thought about at all in the lead of this album which you kind of hit on is that if english is your second language you know i'm going through the whole thing i'm going through all the lyrics i'm thinking yeah what the hell are you talking yeah, about yeah it sounds fucking cool it sounds yeah. intelligent but and i couldn't find anything online as to what these songs actually meant <laughs> so that you know if, if if anybody could fill me in that would be great but yeah I just really, really enjoy this track. And another thing that I wrote down that I think is great is at the end of the chorus, he hangs on the line. He says, he like, screams the word tomorrow, at least at the end, that goes directly back into the main riff. And the dynamic is just absolutely... Fantastic. Amazing. Other one you mentioned, Touch of Red, right? Uh-huh. So no can- idea what that means, but... <laughs> Touch of blood, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, what would you reckon? What, what, what you think? Any any more specifics about that that you want to get in? I know it's got an absolutely awesome riff, one of the best on the on the album, the main riff. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I just like the chorus on that one as well. It's again, it's 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 got all the kind of vocal styles on the chorus, and it's also got. It's another. It's another track. Don't know if you agree that I feel is. It feels like it's about your mental state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, on the chorus, he he says, "Fear, there's a way out." It mm-hmm. feels like there is like, it's like this internal conflict. Mm-hmm. But maybe you kind of see in the light. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that relates to Touch of Red, but who knows? Only he knows. It kind of works. It's super powerful. Um, but one that we, you know, we both agreed is one of the absolute standouts. And for me, my absolute favorite on this album is My Sweet Shadow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a couple of the reviews that I read, this was one track that was maligned mm. for its use of synth and potential repetition. Because that, you know, you know, on one hand, that, 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 that riff, mm-hmm. that musical part, does follow the entire song but I think it's so powerful yeah I think the the blend 
of the heavy and melodic on this track and the synth is is, is what makes this track so epic. And I remember um, I've always liked this from from the you know the time that I bought the album. I never had any idea what he was talking about. But it didn't matter to me. No. I just thought it was a fucking yeah, good song. Yeah, powerful song. Um, and going I, back, going, just going back to content, it's like, you know, every, things in life are yin and yang. There's, there's the light, there's the dark, there's uh, the shadow side. And, you know, not everyone's in touch with that side of themselves. And metal, metal help, helps, you, helps you come to terms with that. Yeah, but I mean, in this, in this track, he talks about my, my sweet shadow, to mm. you I look no more. Mm. So it's, you know, that's why I wrote down kind of that, it's similar to Touch of Red. The, right. There is that, there's a darkness, whether it's fear or like a, a past that mm-hmm. we're unaware of, you're moving on, you're coming yeah. to terms with yourself and you're starting a new chapter. But, you know, a few more specifics. I just think that there are some great riffs. I, I love the I love the line, I found a flame in the burnt out ashes. Yeah, I, mean, I read that one as well, yeah. That is such a cool line. Um, some of the riffs, when you go from that main melodic part, you know, that heavy melodic part at the start, breaks down into quite a nice groove before it drops off entirely into the verse. Mm-hmm. The chorus is so big. And then the way that sort of, like you said before, reaches that crescendo at the end and you've got some old school Metallica haze going on in the background. Everyone just chanting along. <laughs> it's, yeah, to me, that's what makes it the absolute standout track Yeah, on this album. I agree. Um, what was the other one you had on your list? Oh, we, we've covered them all, right? Uh, yeah, I think Superhero. Uh, uh, Superhero of the uh, Computer, computer Rage, rage is, is, is a good one because, if anything, it's it was... Um, I give that song credit just because, A, it's a good song, and B, the social commentary around that because, you know, you talk about the advent of the internet and, you know, it only... It was only 2004, mm. you know, the dot-com bu- bubble had burst, but, you know, the internet was really starting to blow up, and... Is that what you take from that song? Well, re- I, I, couldn't, I couldn't work it out. I couldn't, I couldn't I work it out. what it was about, really. Again, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what he means, but, but when it came out, and I still feel this way when I read the lyrics, is I feel like it's social commentary on um, the alternate personalities that... Mm certain people take on when they're on their when they're when they're their online personality so to speak and I've read some books on this uh, there's a good book called virtually you that was written around the same time that talked about uh, the, the the psychiatric community didn't want to talk no one wanted to address everyone thought it was too early to address how the internet is changing our brains and the way we mm. think but this gentleman wrote a book uh, about your virtual e personality and how people uh, are prone to gamble more online. People are prone to uh, compulsively shop online. People, you know, troll and are aggressively aggressive assholes online. Yeah. Versus in reality, they'd never pick a fight with anyone. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like this song is is almost giving social commentary to uh, in a sarcastic way, like, oh, you're 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 a superhero online, but in reality, you're just like anyone else. But you know what I mean? I don't know. That's really interesting. That's um, how I interpreted it. 
whether that's how it's supposed to be interpreted or not, I think that's really interesting that you picked up on that because, I mean, just the the wordplay, computer age versus computer age. I thought it was like, I thought it was computer age for the longest time, but then yeah. when I did the math on the, the the actual lyrics, computer rage, and read the lyrics, that's just how I that's how I always interpreted it. I mean, I I think you very well could be right. You know, it's it's a you know two thousand four. I'm thinking back. I think I was just about getting on Facebook. I think exactly. it was kind of blowing up. Yeah, everyone had the MySpace. Comments on YouTube were coming a big thing. Yeah. Maybe there's something in that. And actually, you know, thinking about it that way does give that song a little bit more weight to me. And I think it's a very good song. It's it's very fast. The it's very catchy. The pre-chorus riff is really heavy, um, and it's you know it involves something which is another pop influence I think coming in which is a key change for the last chorus which is a very hard thing to pull off oh wow I gotta go back and listen to that go back and listen to it um so one final uh highlight I wanted to pick out was the track Borders and Shading yeah that was another of my my um top three that was uh number nine on the album so you know you've got more of that um intro that has that melodic heaviness nice and chunky Again, just going back to that theme, like this is what this album represents to me is like perfect marriage, uh, perfect marriage of heavy melodic at the same time. But there is like a uh, something that I kind of felt was kind of classic in Flames at the time. Guitars drop off for the verse, just the bass, the drums, the singing. But then when you come back in for the pre-chorus, that riff is absolute quintessential. Yeah in flame style the kind of riff that I was talking about before kind of I think started to influence the metalcore scene mm-hmm. you know that's that's in flames for me similar themes to sort of fiend or friend um, kind of betrayal or maybe seeing somebody's true colours mm-hmm. I can't be I can't be certain on that but then you know you talked about this before the dynamic range in the vocals when it comes to the chorus you've got that doubled double tracked mm-hmm. approach you've got like it's really haunting. You've got like clean vocals, and you've got screaming at the mm-hmm. same time. Layers, um, absolutely. And that's kind of this maybe does represent quite an experimental period for the brand band or the you know the band sort of evolving. But I think you know there's so much here to digest, so much to like. I can understand why people thought it was divisive. Sure. But for me, you know, this is like everything I like from metal just in one yeah yeah i think it was also one of my first exposures to 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 that to that genre um and just going back to um you talk about when the rest of the band falls off and it's just it's minimum it becomes minimal it's just more contrast you know yeah so you can have the dynamic range all happening at once or you can have just a stark contrast of just him kind of emo whiny with like a little bit of minimal minimal instrumentals in the background but then boom it just it just hits you with another blast of, of a wall of sound that's um, amazing one of the one of the things i read in one of the reviews was that he was whining on the songs it can get a little whiny it does it does at times it does but it um, also you know it also popped my cherry on uh getting bringing bringing synth into the metal world you know i mean they probably weren't the first to do it but i think they were the, one of the first to do it well Mm-hmm. Without it sounding cheesy and, and overly Euro trashy oh, or gim- or gimmicky, like I it's agree. still like 
they, they found a place for it. And they, you know, they opened the door to me, to other Swedish death metal bands. I got into soil work on the back of Immedi- this. Immediately got into soil work yeah. too. I think and everyone did. I don't think they're as sophisticated no. as an In Flames, but I also got into At The Gates, which is like... Stop, that's a classic, come on. heavier, yeah. heavier than In Flames. Um, great, I mean, so that kind of concludes a little bit of our highlights. If you were to give this album, give, it, give us your top line. How, what, what do you think about the album? And what would be your rating out of a 10? Give me out of a 10. Out of a 10, okay. Um, I think I would agree. I'll just come out of the gate, out the gates first with my rating. My rating is definitely aligned with, with some of the others online. Seven, seven, seven and a half yeah. to eight. Um, I just think it's, again, we keep saying dynamic range, but that's really the best thing you can say about it is that it, it, it throws all... It, it throws everything into a pot, mixes yeah. it up. It's it's catchy, but it's still edgy and heavy. Uh, you know, it's uh, accessible. Um, it grooves, um, and it leaves a little bit to the imagination. Like we said, if if English isn't your first language, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's being said. But uh, that's part of the fun and mystery of, of metal is you, you it's like graffiti you may not know what they're saying but it looks you, good it looks good yeah or it yeah. sounds good and, and uh yeah i mean That's it's definitely my favorite uh in flames album yeah same um I'm, I'm along with you i go you know seven and a half eight again um i think really that, i thought you were gonna go higher well you know it's interesting you listen back on it with uh more critical ear yeah you know I, I i don't think we want to sit here together and go as if we're some super critics we're kind of just going no. on what it makes you feel sure but uh you know there are a few tracks on the album that i think are a little bit filler yeah um and listening to it now it, it's what it's what it represents to me i i think you know i think seven and a half is a great rating for yeah. this album i think it's a great nothing great wrong with album. that and what, what I think is, you know, is really interesting to me is I'm not a huge In Flames fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know their back catalogue. I don't even really know what they're doing today. But I will listen to this album regularly. Absolutely. I'll go back to this album. I'll go back to Reroute to Remain. But I won't sort of explore anything else. So it's kind of this album. It's is, a staple. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a great album. It's a great listen you know, I feel like I'm banging the drum constantly here, but I think it has a lot of things that I like about metal just kind of in one place. It's yeah. a little bit for everything. It's like you said, it's the metal yeah. buff it's like the metal buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so awesome. I think, you know, just just to let you know a little bit what happened next for In Flames, like I said before, they got thirteen albums, the last of which was released earlier this year. Amazing. I the Mask. Okay. Might check it out on the back of this. You know, it's been fun to kind of go through this again. I think I um, will. But they immediately followed up with uh, Come Clarity in 2006. I got that one. Wasn't that was horrible. Good. It was good. No, that was good. Yeah. And then I think it was a sense of purpose that followed that. And then I kind of dropped off, in all honesty. Um, but like I said, this album itself has um, left a indelible mark yeah. on me. Yep, same. 
Right, so I think that pretty much covers it. Thanks, man. I really enjoyed getting into that. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to doing it next time. All right. Thank you.